Teacher friends, have you ever been to a faculty meeting that was either a complete waste of time or was just insanely frustrating? Well, let me be really real with you. I just got back from a faculty meeting and it was neither of those two things. It was actually wildly beneficial. I felt so good when I walked away from it. And it was one of those, that was a good use of time. And that's what we are going to talk about in this podcast episode. We are going to talk about what faculty meetings could and should look like. And that might sound like a boring topic, but here's the cool thing about it. In this episode, we are going to dive into the things that we discuss that are bound to make this last month of school amazing. And I want to share these because I know they can make a huge impact in a really cool way in your school, even though there's not a lot of time left in the school year. Actually, because there's not a lot of time left, I think they're going to make an even bigger impact. You can implement them. Your teachers can implement them. Your school can implement them. And so let's talk about faculty meetings that don't suck. Before we get into that, I want to share a quick five-star review that was left on the Apple Podcast app. And this listener said, quick podcast, totally funny. If you have 10 to 15 minutes or so, Monica's podcasts are a must. I love that she is funny. She's cool. She speaks in real talk. She is so passionate and motivating. Love it. My favorite part of that whole review is their username, which is Gamer1196452. That very much feels like what one of my students would use as their gamer tag, like when we're playing Kahoot. And so I just want to give a huge shout out to all of you who are listening, to all of you who've already reviewed the podcast, done a quick five star, done a quick written review. That means so much to me and I appreciate it greatly. So if you haven't done that yet, go ahead, hit pause on this, go leave a quick review and then get ready for this awesome episode all about faculty meetings that don't suck. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. One thing that binds us together as teachers is that we all understand the value of our time. And if we are going to attend a meeting, whether it's in person or virtual, it had better be a good use of our time. 
And the unfortunate reality is oftentimes that's just not the way that it rolls out. It's almost cliche now to say that that meeting should have been an email because we get it, but it's still happening, right? We've also been to faculty meetings where we walk in and we're open-minded and we're excited and it just becomes this really frustrating negative think tank and you walk out thinking that didn't solve anything and it also just made me mad. And if you have had those ever in your career, but especially this year, you know it's like, why are we still doing this? Why are these still on our plate? Why is this just one more thing? Couldn't we have just canceled these if they are not going to make a massive impact on kids and they're not going to make a massive impact on our school community? Then can we just cancel them for the year? And I'm going to be honest, I have felt that way for a number of meetings this year. But the faculty meeting that I just attended does not fall into that category. And it was cool because a few days ago, our principal sent out an email and said, here's what we are discussing at the meeting. And I liked that. And that's a good quick tip right now. If you are on a planning meeting or a committee team, or maybe you're part of the leadership team at your school, do you know how much we appreciate that? to know what we're going to actually be discussing. Not on a piece of paper five minutes before, not like the moment that it actually starts, just a couple days in advance to send a quick email and say, here's what we're discussing. And I saw it and I was like, yes, I appreciate that topic. And the topic was school-wide consistencies. And it was a short couple sentence email that said, we are going to talk about three things that we can create consistency on in the last few weeks of school. We as teachers need it to keep our sanity. Our students need it to create more structure. So that's what the faculty meeting is about. And you know what that naturally does? That naturally gets us thinking about, well, what would we want as consistencies? What are we frustrated right now with that we could tackle? So that super quick one minute email automatically got us ready for the meeting. And to be honest, I was thinking, is this faculty meeting just going to turn into one of those meetings where we have difference of opinions and we don't see eye to eye and then just somebody ends up saying, well, whatever. Um, Well, whatever. I'm just, I'll do whatever we need to do, right? And I think that's a natural reaction to have because we all have different ideas. We all have different opinions, but what can we do to come together? And so I knew in my head and in my heart what I thought could be really cool to tackle, but I had no idea what was truly on the heads and the hearts of the rest of my staff, the rest of my colleagues. So got to the meeting. I actually attended the meeting virtually. There were a couple of other teachers who were there virtually. And then everyone else was socially distanced in our school library, which is where we have the meetings. And right out the gate, the principal said exactly what we were going to do, just like she said in the email, said, hey, We need to talk about three things. These don't have to be huge. These don't have to be earth shattering, but like three things that we can do to just help kids out. She addressed the facts that nothing about this year has been normal, that nothing about this year has been easy. 
And I know maybe at this point, again, we've heard that time and time and time and time again, but I don't think that that's something that we're ever going to hear too much, right? Like this year wasn't normal. This wasn't what we expected. You guys are doing an amazing job. Like if your principal hasn't told you that recently, turn up the volume on this podcast, prepare your heart, prepare your mind, prepare your soul. Teach your friend, listen, this year has not been normal. This year has not been what we expected. This year is not like other years. And it's not redundant. It's not cliche. We need that reminder time and time again. And my principal addressed that. And I thought that was refreshing and really positive. And I loved it. And then we got down to business. No like, let's beat around the bush. No like, okay, let's soften this. No, like, let's go. What are your ideas? And what was really cool was, I don't think my principal and the leadership team came into the meeting guiding us in the direction that she wanted us to go. And I know that that happens because quite frankly, we do that with our students, don't we? Right? Like we want to give them choice but then there are some things that we know aren't possible so we gracefully and intelligently lead them in a direction that makes sense there was no preconceived notion on this truly my principal wanted to hear us my principal wanted to know not what her three ideas were what do you think but truly what do you guys as a staff like what do you need What can we do as a staff to create three simple consistencies? And right out the gate, you know what came up? Hoods. Hoods and hats. Now, I live and teach in a rural community. And wearing a hat is a really big deal. My kids aren't wearing like baseball caps. My kids are wearing hats with like farming logos on them. Um, most of which I do not recognize. They are wearing hats with car logos, car part logos, but that's really important to kids. For you, maybe it's, um, you know, sports teams. Maybe it's a flat bill hat. Maybe it's a beanie. In my school, that's just not what's popular. But hoods and hats are a thing, particularly hoods because they love hiding them AirPods, right? And you can hide an AirPod when you're wearing a hood. Now, the reality is, This is in our handbook, but we have become kind of lax, right? This school year, we have naturally had to become lax because it was, are we going to fight the hoods and the hats when we're also asking them to wear masks? Like, where can we give wiggle room? And I've loved that we've given wiggle room, but we are seeing at this point that we have to be consistent so the school literally doesn't implode or maybe explode In the next five weeks. And hoods and hats is something that is causing quite a bit of drama and quite a bit of inconsistency. And what I thought was really cool was there were a few teachers who disagreed. They did. They disagreed. And that was fine. They actually brought up a good point that said, is this a dated policy? Like, are hoods and hats actually that big of a deal? And I thought that's a fair reflection. That's a fair question. Another teacher brought up the fact that like for a lot of our kids, particularly ones who've been through trauma, it's almost that like weighted blankets effect, right? Weighted blankets give us comfort. They give us some kind of like 
less control over our bodies and some of our kids need that is maybe the hood for a kid like the modern day weighted blanket. And I thought, you know what, that's an interesting connection that I had never heard before. Now, whether or not I agree or disagree with those, everyone's voices felt like they can be heard. And at the end of it, we decided this is currently what our handbook says. This is something that in a normal year we would say no hoods and hats. So let's really be consistent. Let's all be on the same page. Whether we agree or disagree, hoods and hats are a, can you please put down your hood every single time we see it? Can you please take off your hat every single time we see it? And it was so simple to come to that. That is something that, again, we've had some flexibility on. But what we're finding, and maybe you're finding, is those small things are starting to accumulate. And one of the teachers said it best. Oh, it was so good. He said, you know what? I'm not a nitpicky kind of person. I'm not the kind of person who, like, wants to fight all these battles. But sometimes... When we let one small thing go, then they bring another small thing in and another small thing and another small thing. And before you know it, there's little to no structure. There's little to no consistency. And our kids and our culture have completely changed. And I thought, yes, I loved that comment. And you better believe, even though I was virtual, I was blowing up. I was all like tap, 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 type, 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 type. Like, yes, preach emoji. Yes, I totally agree with you. And so that was a really, really good point. So boom, check. That took us 10 minutes. We got to that. We're all on the same page. We are going to tackle hoods and hats. So first reflection question for you. Is that something that you guys need to tackle in your school? Maybe it's hoods and hats. Maybe it's headphones. What is one of those like dress code kinds of things that maybe you've let slip and you're starting to notice that it is going in a bad direction and we're proactively recreating the culture already for next school year? Now, I want to take a hot second to let you know about something that officially got open this week and registration is starting to pour in and it is called the Awesome Conference for Teachers Online and it's a summer event that starts on June 1st and it is going to be fun, flexible, professional development. Now, you might be thinking, girl, this school year's not even over yet. And I'm saying, I know, I hear you on that. But two things here, hear me out, two things. One, our teacher brains are already thinking about next school year. So why not load up our teacher tool belt with strategies and ideas to make next year awesome? The second reason why I'm bringing this up right now is because you are still in school. You have access to your principals, which means that you have access potentially to the school budget. So what if your principals, your leadership team is willing to pay for the awesome conference? Hello, that is a win. And I want to invite you to participate. You can go to monicagenta.com slash summer and you can find out more information about this super engaging, super flexible virtual conference. How many speakers are there? One, just me and you hanging out. 
is it going to be overwhelming and so many thousands of teachers are going to be joining? No, it's intentionally intimate. This is not like other virtual conferences. This is one that targets your needs. It's an intimate, awesome group. And once a week for all of summer, you and me are hanging out, enjoying all of the great things that are going to happen next school year. You can check it out at monicajensen.com slash summer. I would love to see you there. Now, the second thing that we started to discuss is something that is really, really frustrating for middle school and high school teachers, but it's also definitely creeping into elementary schools. And that is the use of technology, specifically cell phones. We started this really great conversation about how because of virtual learning this year and because of how connected kids have to be to laptops or Chromebooks or iPads, that they are just coming into our classroom with this look on their face and this glaze in their eyes where it's like they don't even recognize us. They, they, we don't even recognize them because they're so connected te- to technology. And one form of technology that they love is a cell phone. And something that we had done in the past was we had these like calculator holders that held cell phones and as students came into the room, they would drop it into the calculator holder. Well, because of COVID restrictions and because of shared supplies and touching of things and sanitizing of things, we decided probably not best to use these calculator holders this year, especially at the beginning of the year when the restrictions in our state and in our area were way higher. Now, I know a lot of you have an already strict cell phone policy and maybe it's ironclad and this isn't an issue, but I know for a lot of you, this is this massive frustration Or maybe you have a great policy, but it has become a little bit more flexible. We opened up the dialogue to basically say like, are we all on the same page that the use of AirPods and the possession of a cell phone in a kid's hand during class is not necessary? And that was a very quick, obvious answer. We are all on the same page that they don't need their cell phone in class. If they need technology, they have a school-provided Chromebook, they don't need to Google something on their phone. They don't need to look something up on their phone. They don't need to have Google Classroom on their phone. They can use their Chromebook. So that was one that we came to a consensus on so quickly. Can we collect cell phones at the beginning of the class period? Not us as teachers physically taking them, but they're dropping them into a cell phone slot or something where they are out of their possession. Can we do that? And the principal said, absolutely. In fact, we're going to let parents know about this. Because this is a change, we on the office end, we on the leadership end, will let parents know that this is happening. This is going to go into effect Monday. So we're going to give a grace period. We're going to talk to students about it, which again, teacher tip, leadership tip. This wasn't going into effect immediately tomorrow. This is something that we were going to talk to students about the next day. We were going to alert parents and, and you know, the adults in our kids' lives. We're going to tell them about it. And starting on Monday, which is three days away, that is when we are going to officially implement. 
And I think that timeline was really smart. It gave teachers time to figure out what does that look like in my classroom. For me, I have what I call the cell phone suburbs. Yes, I drew a little subdivision, a little cell burbs. Okay, where's my bell? Where's my bell? Can't find my bell. Ding! A little cell burbs and I have roads and I have parking spots and kids, uh, I took chalk and I literally drew that on my board and kids reserve their parking spot where their cell phone sits on the ledge of my chalkboard, an actual chalkboard. Literally, it's a blackboard from like probably 1921, if that was a thing in 1921. I don't even know, but I have like an OG blackboard with colored chalk in my classroom. I drew parking spots and I have the suburbs. We call it like cell phone meadows because that feels very suburban. And that's what's going to continue to be done in my classroom. This is not going to come as a major shock to my students because it's something that I've been doing for an extended period of time and it's working. But guess what? It's going to now be a consistency. And that is important. So maybe for you, it's not cell phones. Maybe it's, I don't know, what are they, what do you elementary teachers got going on? They got the beanie babies? Are the beanie babies coming back to school? I don't know what's hot in elementary land. But do you remember when it was the fidget spinners? Dear Lord. Do you remember when it was the silly bands? Hello, right? There's always something. And sometimes we just have to say, we are not going to have that at school. And that's what we decided on. And the last one, and I like... It, it's kind of funny because this used to be a big problem and then it kind of went away with COVID is eating and drinking in classrooms. So uh, eating and drinking in classrooms has been an absolute heck no. And then again, we have super, super, super low numbers in my community right now and things are looking really good for us. And so um, our, our cafeteria structure has changed just a little bit. And when that change started, the Cheetos started coming back in. The Skittles started coming back in. The Mountain Dews started coming back in. Dear Lord Jesus, why do you have a Red Bull? How are you carrying a Starbucks cup? The nearest Starbucks is 22 minutes away. Did you really drive to Starbucks before school this morning, right? Like, it is like a freaking concession stand in the classroom all of a sudden. Why? I don't know. Like... Maybe because it's nice outside and the kids need hydration. And we support water in the classroom for the record. Hydrate yourself. Your brain needs some water, but your brain does not need 24 ounces of an energy drink right now. Your body does not need a king-size bag of them caramel M&Ms, okay? So we said, like, what's going on? Now, again, somebody raised their hand and said, Some of our lunch periods cause our kids to be absolutely starving. Some of our kids need more food than what they are maybe packing in their lunch or having on the lunch tray. And so they brought up some good points like this just does not bother me, right? But again, it's coming to a consensus. What is best? What's best for COVID? What's best for janitors? What's best for their bodies? What's best for the school? And we decided that there was a really simple solution to the soda and like all the extra drinks that were coming in. We're going to literally turn off our vending machine between the hours of 7.30 and 3.30. 
That's a simple thing that we can do. We have the ability to turn it on and off. So if kids are coming to class at 11 o'clock with a Mountain Dew Baja Blast, all right, or a Gatorade or even like, you know, something relatively healthy like a Propel Water, they're coming late to class because they're buying those things. Can we just shut off the vending machines? And the answer to that is, yeah, that's a simple thing that we can do. And I know vending machines are not in every school, but I hope that you hear the underlying issue, right, is... It's not always about the rule. It's about being on the same page. And sometimes as teachers, to keep our sanity, we just have to get on the same page. And shit, sometimes we're not even standing in the same library. So we're not even in the same book. And ironically, we had this meeting in our school library. And we didn't just get in the same book, but we got on the same page, friends. And you and your fellow teachers can too. And it's not going to make everyone happy. And, you know, if you're choosing three things, you might not agree with all three of the things that happen. But can we say this is what's best for kids? Consistency is what's best. And even if you're like, that rule doesn't bother me. I'm going to let them have Cheetos in my classroom. I think we have to be cautious of that. I think sometimes when we go against a school policy, when we go against something that all the other teachers agreed on, even if the kids love us for us, it doesn't always send a good message. Sometimes our kids need us to be hardcore. They need us to set that ground rule of, no, you cannot wear your hood. No, you may not have your cell phone. No, you may not have a bag of Takis. And when every single teacher is on the same board and we are a united front, then we are a united school. And when we are a united school, we are a happier school for our kids to be at. Hell yes. Guys, I don't know what your three would be. But I think three of these things can free up a lot of frustration. So maybe you're listening to this. And you send this to your principal or you summarize it in an email to them and say, hey, I got this idea for our next faculty meeting. And maybe that next faculty meeting is the one right before the end of the school year. So maybe you're doing this activity already for next school year. You're targeting things that were a frustration or were a problem this year. And you're saying, let's be proactive and let's get on the same page today. So we're ready for next August. Guys, I hope this episode kind of created that space in your head to start reflecting. I hope you see that a faculty meeting doesn't have to be a waste of time. It doesn't have to be this frustrating thing. Faculty meetings can be freaking awesome. And it starts by saying, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be ready to go. And we're all truly wanting to be in this together. I am so glad that we are right here in this right now together. I am so happy that we are living this teacher life and that you are a This Teacher Life podcast listener. If you enjoyed this episode, screenshot it. Share it on your social media. Put it on your Twitter, on your Instagram, on your Facebook. Let other teacher friends who maybe don't even teach in your same school know that you're listening and that this could help them too. I hope your next faculty meeting doesn't suck. I hope the rest of your meetings for the rest of this school year don't suck. 
And I would love it if I was hanging out with you this summer in the awesome conference. As a reminder, you can go to monicajensa.com slash summer to get that checked out. But until then, I want you to know that you are awesome. And I want to thank you for living this teacher life.